0: Yeah, you mentioned um, labor peace agreements in passing in that last story, and I and I think that we've, we we kind of have come to make a really like I what we feel is to be a pretty important point about why these fucking suck.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause that's the thing. It's like every. It seems like every single time we cut, we get a story about uh, uh, any business involved in the marijuana industry unionizing, be it you know cultivators, dispensaries, delivery drivers, etc. We find out that in almost all the states that have legalized weed, um, they've included this clause for mandatory uh, labor peace agreements. And we've talked about before how like it seems like you're giving up a lot with the right to strike. And the more I keep looking into these, and every time you look up labor peace agreements, you get all of these glowing articles about how great they are from liberal groups. But the more that I've looked at them, I've I've come to think of them as actually one of the most insidious and dangerous pieces of uh, anti-worker like legislation that's being pushed right now because the way that they obscure Class relations, the way that they basically codify into law the concept that workers and uh, management do not have different interests and therefore there can never be any need to strike. It's in the is name, ultimately right? is is ultimately a rather fascist proposition because it is cl- yes. it's class collaborationist to its core.
2: Well, they're trying to smooth out the contradiction of capital with something where it's like, okay, well, we won't fuck with your conditions for X amount of time, but also you're not allowed to strike. And it's like, what have we told you before about companies that are trying to break unionization efforts kicking the can down the road to wear out their workers? Like, that's a huge part of what these labor peace agreements are, I have to imagine, is it lets them control the narrative, it lets them sit around in charge under limited conditions that include peace for X amount of time And then when it's time to organize, you don't have any fucking steam left because they don't want you to actually, they they don't want you to attack at the point of contradiction. You know, they don't want you to, when the situation becomes too much, do something right then because newsflash that's the most productive time to do something i
0: just think that it's really important to look at the way that this is also used to combat any sort of action that would happen in those moments so if we look at back to especially um during the the deeper throes of the pandemic like labor uprisings that were happening when we had college campuses and and adjunct faculty and all that like basically going on strike doing wildcat strikes and all that and then them getting shut down in court because they have a contract that says that they're not supposed to strike except for when you know the company hasn't agreed to a contract for 12 months or whatever bullshit is in their contract to say when they can and can't stand up for their rights i mean yep. there's there should not be peace Between labor and management.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely another way for them to try and get you on a technicality. Definitely. I think that's 100%
1: true. Yeah, because like there, I can totally understand there are times when you've been going through a a union drive, you've been going through a contract negotiation where you trade essentially a temporary labor peace agreement, the signing of a contract. You say, for the length of this contract, say it's a year, two years, three years, whatever it is, we're not going to strike. In exchange for... Right. Actual material gains for the workers, not in exchange for I get to be in a union because they've basically managed to pull this bait and switch where they're convincing, trying to like convincing workers that the reason you want to be in a union is because of union. Like there's, yeah, it's not not because the union does anything or because it's the only way that you can actually mobilize worker power. Yeah,
0: (laughs) turning it into like an it's an identity politics
1: argument then
0: because then you know oh wait no you're a you're a union worker that means that you're good. Yeah, well they, they
2: want you to they want you to they want it to be a moral high horse for you to sit on because when you sit on it like a moral high horse you don't use its power to get anything yeah. done and you, you allow them to strip more and more power away from you in the intervening time. Right.
1: Yeah. But because like, if you are hemmed in by, you know, the legality of strikes, obviously wildcat strikes are always in, in any of these situations, an option. But I mean, with any of the major unions today, you, you don't really hear advocates for, Uh, wildcat actions but they are like they actually in many cases
0: advocate specifically against it because they are in some cases legally required to advocate against it
1: so so within that framework by like in advance giving away your right to strike you're essentially converting a union from an organ of economic power into an affinity group which, a social like,
2: club, a fucking yeah. moose lodge. What,
1: what? What could be better for the libs? They get to. <laughs> they get to like gesture at the simulacrum of a of a union, like because right. it's got the 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 aesthetic trappings of it, but none of the actual teeth.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like back in. Uh I think it was back in the 40s and 50s. There was an era where like a lot of union shops, the union stewards would just be directly employed by the company. (laughs) It's like, that's what they want. They want a fucking, because they want to turn your union into the democratic party, controlled Mm -hmm. opposition that serves uh, the purpose of sitting there and getting you not to do anything more radical while they slowly winch everything to the right or, you know, slowly winch everything, slowly winch you into impoverishment, you know?
0: Into conditions that will kill you. <laughs>
2: yes, definitely. And
1: speaking of conditions that will kill you. Whew.
2: Yeah, this one is really messed up. So there was a there was an Easter protest at the St. Louis City Jail uh, that had echoes of a previous protest that had been performed at the jail just two months prior, back in February. And in both of these protests, inmates smashed out windows. And threw burning debris to the ground and held up signs that said things like, uh, we want trials and help us uh, to protest conditions in the jail. And both times afterwards, the press has asked the jail to be allowed to tour the facilities, and both times they have been declined access to the jail.
0: And reports of these actions are actually mostly through um, prisoner letters and are mm-hmm. uh, consistently denied by like prison staff. I mean, we we've reported on uh, prison uprisings before on this uh, podcast, and as is usual, the, the, there's nothing going on. Don't look here. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: They don't want you to think that the conditions inside of the jail are actually bad, uh, and you know they're they're horrendous. The stuff that the, I think the inmates have been reporting long-term grievances about proper nutrition, access to personal protective equipment to prevent the spread of COVID-19 and the denial of in-person visitation during the pandemic, which, you know, is are three perfectly reasonable things to protest against. And then they don't get any coverage in the media until they smash out these windows and people can literally take Twitter videos of them with their cell phones. Like that's how this ended up reaching us and becoming a news item.
1: And and this would be bad enough. This would already like these conditions would already be inhumane and and unacceptable, at a like prison where it's full of people who have been convicted of crimes. Again, you know, allowance a- gigantic oh, asterisk for the fact that the city jail, which is the
0: the ones that are filled with people on, that aren't charged, or ex- exactly.
1: Yeah. So these are mo- largely people who have only been charged with a crime, who haven't been convicted of fucking anything. So even the like joke that is the U S quote unquote justice system hasn't officially ruled them guilty of anything. And yet, you know, they're housed in these horrific conditions in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. Like yeah. I, I, like citations needed has been doing a fantastic job of, of like covering this issue. They've done a, a bunch of episodes covering a bunch of the angles of just the, how, how COVID has taken already horrific conditions in like the U S carceral system and turned them into an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think they've even mentioned, it's like the only time it ever gets talked about is when stuff like this happens because, and, and, and I think the, the, the folks at this jail have realized that it's, it's like, like the, the news is never going to fucking cover them if they try and, you know, communicate these problems through the quote unquote normal appropriate channels. Right
0: yeah if you want to uh know which um episode dan is specifically referring to it's the one it's the news brief right before episode 131 on citations needed where they actually do an interview with someone in the those prison conditions and i'm looking at the photo cover for that and it is uh prisoners with broken windows yep so,
2: yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, nothing but props to these prisoner or to the they're not even prisoners. Technically, they're just people in a jail uh, who are being, you know, fucking immorally, unlawfully, whatever, detained and nothing but props to them for for having the guts to break out these windows and for taking hits from the police In the meantime, just to get their story out there, like when the guards uh, and the police went in to like quell the riot in the prison, uh, Sheriff Vernon Betts told KMOV reporter Alexis Zotos that we, quote unquote, may have a couple of injured inmates, which is like they broke windows. They didn't attack any guards. They didn't, you know, you didn't have to exercise violent physical force on them in Anyway, and so just to even hear that and 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 also you know it's it's written I didn't hear him say it, but we may have a couple of injured inmates seems like a pretty flippant way to, yeah, refer and, couple, to and we might have tortured lives. some folks, yeah, we might have tortured some folks, you know, whoopsie, I guess, and like that's just totally fucking unacceptable um but yeah, go on Twitter and check out uh the I think it's like a eleven or twelve second video of them chanting, uh we want court dates." It's, um, it's really something to watch
1: Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, these will be portrayed as this like quote unquote riot when it's like, these are people literally just, they're not trying to break out of the jail. They're just being like, you charge us either fucking like put us on trial or let us go. Like, which is just human rights. Like they're not even
2: saying, let us out. They're saying we want court dates. Like literally they're asking for the bare fucking minimum. And like, I'm looking at the video right now. Uh, A relatively athletic person could have easily jumped out that window and ran away or climbed down from that situation, but like nobody is trying to. They are literally just staging a protest in the only way they know how to be heard.